welcome to episode 21 of Sparkle and Destroy podcast. So uh, this is a short one um, in terms of my intro. Um, we're basically going to listen to another podcast on this podcast episode. <laughs> um, I am Haley Crusher Kane of the band Haley and the Crushers. Um, as you know, this podcast is dedicated to uh, celebrating vibrant, noisy women who are making a ruckus in the art world, in the music world, in the activism world, just kicking ass and fucking shit up. So um, I felt like this uh, was kind of appropriate for um, an episode. Um, a lot of you have responded to a blog post that I have written on my blog, isyourboyfriendintheband.com. Uh, a blog that I started pretty much right after Magazine Dirty was ending, my previous punk band. I think I just had dealt with some weird sexist scenarios in the the music scene that I just thought would be interesting to talk about. And that's kind of why I created the blog. I just thought, you know, maybe the perspective of uh, a fem female or identifying person uh, with a guitar would be interesting um, and would maybe make, you know, people that are in my position feel less alone. Because I know there was not necessarily within the band, although there were some issues within the band, um, out in the world, there were like everything from the tiniest microaggression to like just dumb shit, like somebody saying, you know, that's how you really do it when they get off stage, like the, you know, I like basically we suck or or uh you know just just little things like oh I mean the whole idea of the blog was is your boyfriend in the band like what are you doing here like you're not on stage you're not doing shit so that's kind of where all that all came from so it made sense to me um to write a blog post um recently after my Colorado tour when I experienced not the worst sexist shit ever like really not the worst but just it got in my craw like it really it burned my biscuits like I you'll hear in um the next portion kind of my thought process and that I was looking at my tour diary that I wrote while I was uh traveling and it's kind of interesting actually I maybe I can find it but um I just kind of talk about um I was processing how I was feeling about the incident and the one thing I kept coming to was that nobody can make me feel anyway. Like no one can upset me or make me feel a certain way. Only I can make myself feel a certain way. So therefore I choose to decide what stuff bothers me and what stuff I just leave behind. And as women, we leave a lot of stuff on the table, um, you know, big things, uh, you know, an employer sexually harassing you or, um, you know, small things like the, just the sneaking suspicion that, you know, you didn't get that gig because, you weren't taken seriously or, or whatever it is in your daily life. And so my thought process was very much like, okay, well, I'm not going to let everything bother me, but some things I'm going to choose to let bother me because I think I can articulate them in a way that will make uh, other women feel less alone, A, and B, get my point across to everyone else out there. Um, that don't share my experience and don't share our experience. So that's kind of where I was coming from when I wrote this blog post. And I have to say, I'm a little annoyed. <laughs> I have never gotten so much traffic to my website and I've never gotten so many random emails and concerned comments. And like, it was so weird. Just people were coming out of the woodwork to be like, oh, I read that. And, you know, that's fucked up. And, um, I'm not saying it annoyed me that people were concerned. It's just funny how, you know, 
positivity and like, you know, positive spirit and enthusiasm doesn't necessarily get that attention. But when you articulate something painful or vulnerable, people really react to it. And I think that they saw their own experiences in my experience and the way that I wrote it. And I wrote it as sort of a meditation on not losing my cool. You know, I can't lose my cool every time uh, something is, you know, unjust. I can't lose my cool. And you shouldn't. Um, I actually didn't lose my cool on this person. And I handled it pretty well, I feel like. And I never went out saying, let's make a vendetta against this band or this person. I just told my experience as it was. So um, today we're going to listen to uh, the podcast Irreverent Testimony. They're out of Colorado. Um, Big thanks to Travis and Rachel who put it on. Um, They are very political. They're very brash. They create a podcast that is for millennials and Gen Xers, extremely (laughs) left-leaning. So that's where they're coming from. Um, And actually the podcast uh, that we're talking about is a great episode. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, They talk a lot about the uh, year anniversary of the Tiki Torch neo-Nazi scenario, um, not trying to um, uh, negate it at all. I mean, it was a huge, horrible situation, but I was just re-listening to their podcast and I just thought, I don't want to think about neo-Nazis tonight. (laughs) I just want to record this podcast really quick and maybe write some songs for the new album. And um, obviously I want to do my part, but it takes a large emotional capacity to talk about these incredibly disturbing times we live in. So that's why I give Travis and Rachel two thumbs way up for what they do. They're tackling the big issues. And I was very, very um, touched actually by Rachel's very poignant uh, rendition, I guess, of my blog post. So I, we come back from the tour. I think I, a couple days go by, I write this blog post. I just put it into the world. I, I just put the podcast, I put the, blog posts on Facebook usually. And like, I get two comments. It's not a big deal. I just do it for the sake of feeling like I'm helping in some way. It's like a cosmic thing. I'm giving back. So I just write this thing. I get off my chest, put out there. And it's almost immediate how many emails I've gotten. And it's like email, 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 like weeks later, still long, lengthy emails, comments, uh, people wanting to talk about their own story. And And it was really, really cool. But the coolest thing that happened was hearing that um, Irreverent Testimony had basically um, published the blog post verbatim, uh, you know, doing a verbal rendition of it. And it was the most surreal and beautiful experience because Reed and I are just sitting here. We have this um, guest bedroom we've converted into sort of like a studio slash office space, um, which is where I'm recording right now. And... uh, we're just sitting there. I think I was like working on my laptop on some music stuff and um, he's working on some stuff on his computer. And I said, oh yeah, I heard that the, um, you know, my my blog post made it to this podcast. How cool is that? And he's like, all right, we'll put it on. So we put it on. We're listening to it. Really hard hitting episode, by the way, go listen to it. And uh, as, as it gets, as it approaches closer and closer to uh, where they're going to like unveil um the, you know, talk about my blog post, I kept thinking, oh my God, like they're going to talk shit about this band and this band's going to have this crazy vendetta. And like, I started getting kind of freaked out, but they actually dealt with it really well. The whole point is not necessarily to point fingers at one particular person and say, you're a horrible person. It's more like, 
we're all in this together. We're all making mistakes and we're all not making mistakes. But when you do make a mistake and uh, someone is affected by it, there's going to be some sort of reckoning. Someone's going to come out and say something. And my, my, my feeling is not to, you know, be part of call out culture. It's more, I'm going to talk about my own experiences. And I think why this experience resonated so much with women and men too, actually, uh, is because it is such a quote unquote small thing. We've all experienced issues much greater than this. And I think the fact that I had addressed something that is such a minutia, like, you know, everyday detail, it just resonated with people because, you know, every day you go through life as a woman, there's things you deal with and it's annoying and you just deal with it, you know? And it's just like, just a thing. I have to deal with the patriarchy is just a thing. It's like clipping your toenails. Like you don't even think about it after a while. It's so ingrained in our lives and in our culture and, and we internalize it. And it's just our lives. Like this is how we live now. And so I think that's why it really resonated. And I just feel like Rachel did a great job um, just <laughs> just taking my words and and uh, kind of making it into a poem. It just sounded very like poetic when she talked about some of these things. So I really want to thank Irreverent Testimony for amplifying my voice, which is not just my voice. It's the voice of so many others out there. I know you're out there listening. I can tell you're out there. I'm not just talking to myself, right? 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 Okay, if I'm not talking to myself, then you better send me an email to tell me that you heard this. Uh, because if you didn't read the blog post, then maybe you listen to this and it will affect you in a similar sense. Uh, that said, I'm going to um, leave it up to Rachel. Travis is going to be on really quickly to kind of like segue into uh, the podcast. And uh, yeah, like I said, all the links for their podcast will be in the show notes. Please follow them on Twitter. Please give them a high five, um, a virtual high five and tell them that you appreciated what they did. Um, Yeah. And if you want to if you want to see us on tour, we're going to be playing San Francisco this weekend, uh, September 9th. And we will be from L.A. to Seattle, October through November. Just find out everything you need to know about what I'm up to at HaleyInTheCrushers.com. All right, y'all. Enjoy this. Uh, Anyway, we're here based out of Colorado, based out of Denver, and a band who I know secondhand because of my drummer's boyfriend is friends with the person who penned this article was just recently coming through for a tour and toured through town through our city Denver through our city and had a show now the reason I find this story interesting is it's because being in a band with three women there's there's always talk about everything from songwriting to appearance about how they have to be really 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 they really pay more mind to everything in terms of being a rock musician in a band as women than I ever do. And it's easy for me to forget sometimes. And I just I just throw on a shirt and plug in and play, and they can't really do that. And everything from like every note they write, there has to be this sort of thought put into it in order to be taken seriously as a musician. Yeah. And that may and sound they're all incredibly talented. Yeah. But and if if they had, you know, if they were viewed as society as men, they would be ridiculously talented. (laughs) 
as yeah. women, they're just trying to be taken seriously. As, as a, a band. as a guy in the scene, how many mediocre white dudes in shorts just plug in a guitar and play and think they're in a band? It's and yeah. how much thought and and thoughtfulness and energy and practice the women that you play with do and yeah. take and how seriously they take it. How yeah. seriously they take it. Yeah. Is, so is it? Diverge. I mean, it really is. So this this was just released again by this person I know, kind of secondhand, or through two or three degrees of separation. Um, they just penned it a couple days ago, based on something that happened a couple weeks ago, right here in Denver. And Rachel's going to go ahead and and read it for you. Okay. This is um, on this blog. The name of the blog I love so much is um, "Is Your Boyfriend in the Band?" <laughs> because she's a female musician, and so as the girlfriend of a male musician, I get asked that question a lot. And I imagine if I was in the band, it would be really fucking annoying because I'd be like, what do you mean? Right. It's the same thing as happens all the time. Like I was talking to one of the lawyers I work for, who's a woman. And she was saying that, um, they go to this, they went to this retreat and, uh, they got to bring their spouses and everybody kept saying, to her husband, um, oh, like, which firm do you work at? Or like, right, or like, is your husband a lawyer at at XYZ firm? And he would get so mad, and he would be like, I, I dude, I'm just like the house husband. She's the lawyer, right? And so I, I imagine that being a woman, a female musician must be really frustrating, and I love that that's the name of her blog. Anyway, this this post is entitled... To the guy who asked me to see, to ask to see my boobs in exchange for a free T-shirt, an open letter to the guy who said he'd give me a free T-shirt if I showed him my boobs at my show in Denver, Colorado, on Sunday, July twenty-second. Also, an open letter to those who ask, "Why would you even let that bother you?" Hmm. One, I don't let just anything bother me. I, like most women, get verbally harassed every day by individual, people, society, and the media. It's part of being a woman. It's just the truth. So let's not get all up in arms about me being on my period or overly emotional or, dare I say it, hysterical. And for the record, I was on my period when I played this show, in case you wanted to know. I can bleed while I shred, thank you very much. See, I get to choose. I choose what bounces off my armor and what gets under my skin. I choose what I let bother me. It bothers me because I traveled 1,168.7 miles to play at Bar Bar, a wonderfully divey institution built in the 1940s before all the big modern buildings tried to swallow it up. It bothers me because I found this place fascinating, and I felt instantly like I was adding to that rich, weird lore just by being there, a girl with her guitar and her go-go boots and her band. It bothers me because I was the only female on the bill. It bothers me because there were only four women in the audience. One trans woman and one appeared to be high on drugs. She kept nodding off. It bothers me that I was worried for both women even before I played. It bothers me because when I walked in, I had already decided I would not feel intimidated. Not about my musicianship or my style or performance. Not about being the only female on the bill, nor about playing a very different style of music than the other bands, i.e. not aggressive metal. It bothers me that I already resigned myself to the fact that simply by playing my songs, which are mostly written about women from a female perspective, I might be publicly or privately ridiculed. I'm literally light years beyond caring about all that, but sometimes I'm still caught off guard. 
It bothers me because my band's logo was projected proudly on the wall like a welcome sign and my heart felt optimistic and happy on our last night of this wild, tiring tour. It bothers me because I already felt victorious, hitting the last lap of a race, like I had come here to do something and now all I had to do was do what I was born to do. It bothers me because I embarked on this tour without my regular drummer, without a dedicated tour vehicle, without a dedicated place to stay and very little money. It bothers me because I had to scramble to even make the tour work at all, a somewhat doomed trip that I'd booked four months prior and had a, hung a week of my life on. Things beyond my control had happened that jeopardized every aspect of my ability to be here at this dingy little bar, to be able to share my humble story through song and strum. It bothers me because my band had to rely on the kindness of friends, acquaintances, family, and straight up strangers to make every single show of the tour happen. I'm not joking. Not that it bothers me that we had to rely on these good and kind people, but it bothers me that these people were so incredibly good and so incredibly kind. And it sucks to realize that by contrast, not all people are so good and kind. It bothers me that we had an exciting yet extremely grueling week. The shows had many high points, but it was also a week of shitstorms. There was some low attendance, constant 90 plus degree weather, an emotional meltdown on my part, the daily stress of being in a new city without a place to stash our suitcases, merch, and our limited gear. We'd only practiced with our temp drummer twice ever before embarking on this trip and added, and it added to some mental drama, although he did an amazing job and killed it. Then there was the waiting. Because we did not have a home base, we would sit in one place, like a brewery, for hours with every bit of our stuff until our load-in time, usually 7 p.m., yep. then take an Uber to the gig, scramble for the missing gear we needed. Every night we would stay up into the wee hours to get paid, then try to get to some sleep before having to find a new place to exist for several more hours before uh, our next show. Touring memories. Yeah. It bothers me because much of the needed gear we did use on the road was borrowed, and so many had been so kind to us before that night, and even during that night in Denver. It bothers me that my memory of this kindness is now somehow tarnished by one bad apple. It bothers me because as it suddenly started to downpour hard and fast, you came up to me and you said, I should talk with your drummer about borrowing gear. Your drummer was kind enough to offer his drum kit. It bothers me because we braved the rain to retrieve all the pieces in time for us to open the show, and he set the entire drum kit up for our stand-in drummer. Another guitarist allowed me to use his amp. It bothers me that I had this overwhelming sense that people are good and kind and that I belonged here, that somehow I was one of you. It bothers me because I felt like we were all watching out for each other. And I thought about how silly I had been to ever have felt intimidated by playing a dude-centric metal show. It bothers me because I felt like we were all in this together. It bothers me because the only female in my previous punk band, and often the only female on the bill for many shows, I'd shared the stage with so many dudes, and great dudes at that. Those dudes include Jello Biafra, Flag, Weirdos, Adolescents, Seven Seconds, Agent Orange, and so many more, many of whom I admired so very much as a young girl learning guitar at 13. None of these dudes ever made me feel like I was less than for being the only woman on stage. I was in my early 20s then, and I, never treated, I was never treated like anything less than a guitarist and a fellow musician. Of course, there were some shitty exceptions, but like I said before, I choose what I allow to bother me. It bothers me because you stood right up front, maybe five feet from me, while I played and sweated and sang, and you smiled the whole time I played and swished your long hair. It bothers me because I assumed that you had enjoyed yourself and I concluded that you at least liked and or respected my music and or respected me as a human being trying to exist and make art in this world. 
It bothers me that the band right before us had songs like Right Wing Death Squad and talked about being on the side of America, yet no one said anything about what this really meant, even though the band spelled out exactly what this really meant. It bothers me that the girl on drugs who bought my t-shirt immediately forgot who I was. It bothered me that she said she was traveling alone and would not commit to getting a ride with us later. Bothers me that at the merch table after my set, you said you liked my band and were full of congratulatory words. It bothers me that this made me proud. Again, it bothers me that I thought I was in. Not just a girl with a guitar and her go-go boots, but a musician. It bothers me that I sold merch to your friends and the people in your scene, all of whom were super nice. None of them made me feel less than. So why did you have to ruin it all? It bothers me that you said I reminded you of Viagra. It bothers me that I gave you the benefit of the doubt because I assumed you were not used to talking to girls and you also seemed socially awkward. Bothers me that you apologized for, quote, what I might think that meant, Hmm. saying you meant, quote, the retro Viagra commercial with the 1950s people in it. Bothers me that I nodded, smiled, and said, well, I am wearing a 1960s swimsuit. Bothers me that you said something about how you salute that, but, quote, not that kind of salute. Bothers me that I laughed at this bad joke as you continued to talk about your dick. Bothers me that I basically blocked this part out of my mind, choosing not to admit that my internal alarm bells were ringing. Every woman knows the feeling of putting these alarm bells on silent, like the buzzing of a phone call during a movie. Why should I disturb the whole audience with what was probably just a butt dial? Bothers me that I assumed you, again, had no idea how to talk to women, let alone women who play guitar in a swimsuit, albeit a very conservative one-piece that has often been complimented by well-meaning millennials as a cute dress. It bothers me that I said, it's okay, we are friends, aren't we? Bothers me that I was trying to be agreeable, which is women's natural defense, so ingrained in my way of being that it felt involuntary. It bothers me that I now blame myself for smiling when I felt like turning away to talk to someone else, someone who deserved my attention. It bothers me that I blame myself at all. It bothers me that what I choose to wear, or what any woman chooses to wear, matters in discussions such as this. It bothers me that I immediately put on more clothes, feeling a creeping sense of shame about my body. It bothers me that literally no matter what I was wearing, this probably could and would have happened. Ask your sister, mother, cousin, and aunt. Nothing stops any man from making creepy comments, even sweatpants. It bothers me that I'm used to making used to men making comments about my body and that I'm generally good with distancing myself from their BS and or assaulting any sense of who I am and how I represent myself. It bothers me that so many people will say, what were you wearing when a guy said something creepy to me or one of my friends? Bothers me that when you played, the crowd erupted into a seething mass of excitement and raw power. Bothers me that your band was really good. Bothers me that I still think your band is really fucking good. Bothers me that I enjoyed myself and stood up front to show my support and even headbanged, although it made my neck sore, especially after a week on the road. It bothers me that after you played, I bought your drummer, the, I bought my drummer, the one back home, one of your t-shirts. He's an avid metalhead and going through some tough times. It bothers me that you offered it to me for free because of those hard times, and it bothers me that I said, no, I want to support your band. Which is the thing you should always say when a DIY band ever offers you free merch if you're a decent person, by the mm-hmm. way. It bothers me, like I said, we had very little money to work with and had flown to Colorado via family airline points. It bothers me that I told you I respected your music and thought you shredded. It bothers me that I meant it. it. Bothers me that as I was loading my gear into the car to leave, I stopped by most of your band smoking outside and congratulated you on a great show. It bothers me that I said I'm so glad I got a shirt and was able to play with you. 
bothers me that in front of your bandmates, you seem to have a different tone. It bothers me that you said, you know, you could get another t-shirt if you do something for me. Bothers me that I dumbly asked what, assuming you meant I could sign my CD for you or help you set up a show in California. Bothers me that you said you can show me your boobs in front of everyone very loudly. Bothers me that your bandmates laughed, laughed at me. You know, me, the only girl on the bill that traveled over a thousand miles to be here, to play at this crummy bar. It bothers me that I was completely speechless at a time when I should have stood up for myself and my merits. Bothers me that I said, ha, right, as I walked away, my mind turning to complete and utter rage, even though my face remained plastered in a fake smile. Bothered me because I did not feel it was funny. Bothered me because I did not feel like smiling. Bothers me because you had the nerve to call after me. You think I'm joking, but I'm not. Then more laughing from your bandmates and whomever else was standing outside. I blocked this part out too. Bothers me that I allowed your words to make me feel like a complete idiot, piece of meat, worthless accessory to your scene all at once. Bothers me because my first reaction was to leave quickly without saying anything else to anyone. It bothers me that my first feeling was shame. Total, whole body shame. Shame for trying to do something outside my comfort zone. Shame for showing up as my full authentic self. Shame for not saying something smart back. Shame for sharing my art with the world. Shame for just being a woman. Shame for having boobs. Shame for what I was wearing. Shame for thinking you or anyone else there would be my friend. Shame for thinking I belonged here in this dingy club and in this problematic scene or anywhere else men so obviously rule. Bothers me that we were in the car leaving in the rain when I even told the guys what happened. Bothers me that when I brought it up, I downplayed it like, what a jerk, huh? Right? Eh, it happens. Bothered me, bothers me that my bass player slash husband and my temporary drummer, now my very good and very real friend, were aghast and upset and did not find it funny. Bothers me that I did not feel safe or worthy enough to even tell them what you had said while still at the venue. Bothers me that my first reaction when stuff like this happens is to disconnect the bomb for the benefit of everyone involved and to retreat into myself, to brush it off, to put it on silent. Bothers me that the next day a friend we were staying with replied to the story with, well, maybe that's what all the other metal girlfriends do. Bothers me because I'm not someone's girlfriend. I've never ever in my life been simply someone's girlfriend, nor has any other woman. It bothers me because his young daughter, who'd begged me to record her singing earlier, was sitting right there, watching and listening to this conversation. It bothers me that this is the thing people want to know about my tour. Not the wins, but the shit. This is due to the fact that my well-meaning husband, very uncharacteristically, I might add, left a vague and threatening post on Facebook. It bothers me that the next week, on vacation with my husband's family in Colorado, I woke up periodically in the night with angry and confused thoughts. This had happened days ago and it was nothing. He was a jerk, so what? Why was I letting this small thing bother me so much? Then there was the morning the full feeling came. It wasn't anger, it was bigger than that. It was like I'd been pressing down on this feeling, a beach ball held underwater. Well, it had to come up. The revelation splashed in my face. It bothers me because this story is so fucking small. It bothers me that women have been through worse, so much worse, that I have been through so, so, so much worse. I've had so much worse happen at shows from boyfriends, from teachers, employers. It's exactly why it bothers me, why I choose to allow it to bother me. It bothers me for the 13-year-old girl inside of me, the girl who reached for a guitar and saved her own life, 
who found her voice and sense of agency on stage and at backyard shows. It bothers me for the girl who comes after and the band who plays that same venue after me, which just so happens to be an all-female band I had the pleasure to play with in Tacoma, Washington last spring. When I saw their poster on the wall of Bar Bar that night, their young, smiling faces so full of energy and passion, advertised at the next show, my first thought was concern, then anger, then action. And that's why I choose this bothersome feeling. Bleary in the guest bathroom of my mother and father-in-law's house in the hills of Colorado, unconnected to Wi-Fi, I had my comeback. A few days late and probably overkill, but I had it. Stumbling to the bathroom for my first pee of the day, my iPhone in hand, I turned on the voice memo on my phone and finally spoke into it. Spoke back to you. My heart pounding so loud like a double bass kick. It bothers me because. Well, it's not too late and it's not overkill. And we hear you. Yeah. So this band is called, let's just, let's just do this. Uh, I, this was really fucking upsetting for both of us. Um, and well, we're just getting started with, uh, what we're going to do about it. So this band is called genocide method. That's her band. Nope. That's, that's the, the band okay. of the motherfucker who said that shit and the people who laughed. Um, so I did some Googling. They're from my fucking hometown of Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. So I'm very connected to the local music scene in Fort Collins. I lived there for a long time. And I put out some feelers, and I would like to know who they are and who this person is. And I posted on Facebook that I think we should have some kind of um, local scene community reaction to this. Reckoning, yeah. Yeah, and 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 what I mean by that is I don't want a bunch of my like big metalhead friends to go kick the shit out of this guy. I would like some men in the scene share the story with him and with the band and have a dialogue about how women in the music scene are treated and the privilege and access and gatekeeperdom of men in the scene and how that affects women and how it's already so fucking hard to be a woman in the music scene and how completely unacceptable this behavior is. And then I'd like him to publicly apologize and be thoughtful about it. And barring that, I'm just going to blacklist and boycott the shit out of him. Yeah. Call the venues where he's booked. Don't go to any show. Don't let any band you know book a show with these people. I mean, there needs to be a reckoning. This is our community. These are our people. And this happened to this woman who flew 1,678.1 miles to our city to play a show and this is how she gets treated in my city and my scene. That is not acceptable. Nope. Absolutely not acceptable. It's not okay. Yeah. So, you know, this is something we're going to do something about. We, 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 we are not just going to let it slide. No. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that's not how women get treated in a community that I feel a part of or that you feel a part of. No. And so. And we, we know a lot of people in Fort Collins. We play shows in Fort Collins. That's where I'm from. Um. Yeah, Lots so. of my friends are musicians in Fort Collins, and they're all great, lovely human beings who would be aghast that this happened. And some of my friends are not musicians, but are big into the metalhead scene um, up there and would also be aghast that this happened. So yeah. I'm doing what I can to reach out and find out. I mean, it's a, it's an incestuous community up there, right? Like everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's fucked everybody. everybody <laughs> it's just the way it is. Um, so somebody knows who these people are and somebody will be able to hopefully reach them. Um, and 
and I specifically want men to do this, right? This person obviously is not going to be reached by me going to him and yelling about feminism. He or, needs or me. A ma- no, he needs a man in his community, in his scene, to go and say, you fucking did this. This is not okay. Well, we happen to know some men in that scene, so we, do. we are going to reach out to them. Yes, I have done that. I think they'll be responsive. I and- think they will. Okay, uh, we only have a few minutes left. Uh, that kind of dominated our second half. We didn't get to Trump-Russia stuff, but don't worry. That'll be there next week. It'll be there next week. Yeah, <laughs> we had and, other things to talk about this week. Um, any closing thoughts? Uh, more thoughts in general about that story? Because she touched on a lot of themes way beyond that story right. and the music this isn't scene. About, this isn't about, I mean, it, it is for me personal. Um, I take that personally, that that happened to her. Mm-hmm. But this is also broader than that, right? This is about women existing in public space. And it goes back to the catcalling comment that the candidate made about men, let me think about that, about women existing in public space always at, always with alarm because you only exist in that space. It's made really clear at the behest of the men around you. You're only allowed to exist at the behest of the men around you. And it's made clear in all kinds of ways as a woman all over the place all the time, whether it's being catcalled or groped or um, whatever small indignities that aren't small that you experience. And then there's the big ones, you know, there's assault and there's rape and there's murder and there's all of those. But sometimes the small indignities, I think, get drowned out. I think what I love so much about her letter is that all of us have experienced something like that and all of us have experienced much worse. But there's something about the indignity of that that matters. And we have to remember that, we, that it matters and it's not okay. And it, it's not acceptable. And it's not just part of life. And it's not something that, you know, I mean, to exist as a woman is to decide what bothers you, to her point. Because mm-hmm. you can't just walk around all day thinking, you, you can't. No, you, you lo- can't, you'd lose your mind. You can't, you would. You have to pick your battles. You and anyway, on that note, uh, that's going to be all for us this week. At Irreverent Duo on Twitter, Reverend Testimony at gmail.com. And what did you get the name of her band so we can plug them? I actually don't. We're going to try to get no. her on the podcast. We are. I'm going to try. So I do know her, um, uh, as I said, uh, through one, deg- one, two degrees of separation. Okay. I will find out and we'll put it in the notes on the mm-hmm. podcast. But the name of the motherfucker's uh, band is Genocide Method from Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. Um, so if you guys want to, like, you know, do some digging or start some shit. Um, we encourage <clears throat> that. We encourage that. Okay. So stay active, stay tuned, stay involved. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.